When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94. I'm your host, Nikesh Raghani, commentator and broadcaster, and my co-host alongside, as always, Sarah Waris of Wisden. Uh, Sarah, we've got uh, a lot to rattle through in today's episode. We're going to start with the Women's Asia Cup, of course, and uh, India have played three times since we last spoke. Uh, of course, they, they played Pakistan, lost to Pakistan, won a couple of games uh, in and around that as well. So we'll discuss that in a lot more detail as well. We'll discuss the the experimentation that's been going on for the women's team at the Asia Cup as well. And then we'll also be taking a look at the men's ODI series against South Africa and uh well, seeing if 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 anybody really cares about that uh, or not, uh, or if it's proved to be useful in any way or not. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Uh, we are, of course, your home for India content here on uh, 99.94. So, Sarah, let's kick off then. Women's Asia Cup. Um, it's, you know, it's obviously a great thing that it's happening. India seemed to be treating it a little bit like a warm-up for next year's T20 World Cup. Let's just sort of put it into perspective as to what has happened uh, in the last week or so. So Pakistan lost to Thailand, which was a big shock. Um, although Thailand are a decent side on their day. They've got you know some useful players, uh, but still a big shock. The next day, Pakistan then beat India. And then India go on and thump Thailand, bowling them out for 37 and, and chasing down in six overs. So it's it's all a bit weird, isn't it, so far? Yeah, it's, I think probably, you know, last episode you spoke about how India should easily defeat Pakistan. I think it's the jinx of that. Yeah, it's <laughs> my fault. Else. Yeah, It's my fault. I wasn't the only one saying that though. Uh, it's just their third ever victory against India in, in any form of cricket. All have come in T20Is actually. Uh, India have won 10 of the meetings. Pakistan have, have won just the three and uh, India have won every single time they've met in ODIs as well and Pakistan uh, with a big fat zero there. So, you know, I wasn't the only one saying that. It was to be expected. Let, let's talk about that game then uh, in, in more detail. I mean, look, it, it obviously hurts every time India lose to Pakistan. Any Indian cricket fan uh, will see that as the marquee game in any tournament. What was going on there, though? I mean, the experimentation with the batting order for a start. We've heard the excuses coming out of the camp and Ramesh Bauer and, and Harman Preet herself just sort of alluding to the fact that, look, we, we want to give other players up the order to have a chance of, of taking on responsibility in pressure situations. Was that the wrong match to experiment in? Any India-Pakistan match, surely cannot be seen as a warm-up. I remember they the, the men warmed up for the uh, T20, or the World T20 as it was called then, uh, back in 20, uh, 2009 in England. 
And they had an India-Pakistan warm-up game for that. And and neither side took it as a warm-up. It was all-out war. It was, you know, full stadium at the Oval. And, and it was in, as intense as a competitive match would be. So was it the wrong match for the women to experiment in? And, I mean, even if you are going to experiment, Harman Britkor at number seven, Risha Ghosh at number eight, that's taking it a bit too far, isn't it? And Shafali Verma didn't play in the next match. She came in and she scored 55 and even picked up a couple of, couple of wickets with the ball. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. So, Shafali Verma didn't play. Uh, I'm a little on the fence regarding this. Yeah, while I know, you know, uh, the final spot had not yet been sealed. So, there was a lot to play for. It's obviously against Pakistan. But, you know, it wasn't uh, a dead rubber, so to say. No match against Pakistan is a dead rubber, but yeah, uh, India had not uh, finalized their spot in the top four. So uh, yeah, it was a lot to play for, but I still uh, get why they, you know, pushed Hemalata, Pujavastrakar up the order. Uh, you know, they used this as kind of a live playground to test different players because we've seen in the past that Harman Preet Kaur, it, it's always been the top three or the top four doing the job for India, Jemima, Harman Preet and Shafali or also she's been inconsistent. But yeah, we've seen her doing that and Harman Preet Kaur. And then, you know, just recently in the Commonwealth Games, we saw the, the top, uh, like the lower middle order, they just failed and India lost the match. So, um. I do understand where they were coming from. Maybe, you know, the thinking was they should get over the line against Bangladesh and they should get over the line against Thailand in their remaining two matches. So uh, it wasn't a do or die, so to say. So, you know, just pushing the inexperienced batters up the order and just throw them in pressure situation. It didn't work out. But I do somehow see why they did it, though Ramesh Pawar has got a lot of criticism for it. But uh, again, as I said, I'm on the edge regarding this because some if they really wanted to try out other players, why throw Richa Ghosh at number eight? Because, you know, she's not uh, someone like Harman Preet Kaur who has plenty of experience. So, you know, she is someone who needs um, experience and she is the one... I hope is the one to take Indian cricket forward in the next few years. So if that really was the mindset, Richa Ghosh should have come up the order. Like that that that's what I believe. Yeah, I mean Richa Ghosh nearly nearly won the game for India in the end. Yeah. But just had too much to do because of the situation she found herself in with all those other wickets falling and and not just wickets falling at the top of the order, but the the scoring rate wasn't great either. So there were lots of balls chewed up by the rest of them. And look, it didn't work out. I get what you're saying, but you don't do that against Pakistan, yeah. surely. You they're, they're, you pick and choose when you do these kinds of things. And I mean, they could have done it against England, couldn't they? In the bilateral series, it means a lot less. This is, after all, Sarah, this is a major tournament and India have a, a recent record of falling at the final hurdle in major world events. This isn't a world event, but it is almost on that level. It's it's all of the best in Asia. And it's, uh, you know, they're obviously still in with a great chance of, of winning. They're still the favourites to, to win the Women's Asia Cup. Um, they're, they're through to the knockouts and, and they should get there. But you don't take any risks in a tournament like this, do you? Sure. I mean... The, 
they they need to win this and they need to win it convincingly yeah they do uh but then again you know just again i'm on the fence but slightly tilted towards in favor of them just imagine if someone like a himalata or a vastrakar had actually pulled this off or uh, richa ghosh had pulled this off you know just imagine the confidence that they could have received that okay they've done it against pakistan um in an important uh, game multinational event so you know it's kind of sacrificing a game i know it was in the best pick doing that against pakistan but it's sacrificing a game hopefully for long term benefits because that is something that has come back to haunt india time and again and um yeah i'm i'm not really against this move as many people have like they keep talking about so i i understand why they did it and yeah yeah Well hopefully hopefully it will give those players at least that taste of of what it's like to be in those pressure situations at the top of the yeah. order and obviously they didn't deliver but you know hopefully it will stand them in good stead going forward look it's not all doom and gloom uh, we'll take a short break here and uh, on the other side we'll discuss uh, the couple of wins india have had since then you're listening to cricket's conversation on 99.94 Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994dm by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So the Pakistan defeat aside Sara India of course beating Bangladesh the day after that is is great isn't it sometimes in these T20 tournaments just to have back to back games and you know once you've had a defeat just that immediate opportunity to go and win the next game and, and they did so against Bangladesh and and they did so very well albeit without Harman Preet Kaur who who didn't play against Thailand either is are you surprised at the fact that she's decided now to to take a rest or the team management have decided to rest her again i i, I see why they're doing it you know just for what if harmanpreet kaur god forbid gets injured in a high pressure match or in the semi final or the final you know at least smriti mandana would have had some experience of leading india in these uh, Pre- not pressure matches but yeah you know against different opponents so again not really <laughs> against that move totally you know i'm going to compare it with the men here right the, the, you see yeah. i i get what you mean and india are huge favorites in the asia cup not just favorites huge favorites but the fact is that they're not a side that has been winning silverware consistently all the time they're not like the australia side of the late 90s early 2000s they're not like the west indies of like the 70s and 80s and into the early 90s they're not dominating world cricket or even asian cricket to that extent where i feel they can go into a tournament this is a tournament to win a trophy it's it's a big deal really you know to to lift that piece of silverware for this indian side who haven't managed to get over the line in the last few years when they've been in positions to do so 
it's it's not quite. I mean, what what would you say if if the men decided to drop Rohit Sharma for like a a Sri Lanka game or, or when they were playing Pakistan in the first group game, which did it, which was quite meaningless. Let's face it, they were both going to beat Hong Kong, and they were both going to get through to the next stage. So, you know, what would you say if if they were chasing like 150 odd, and then they decided to you know put Kohli down at seven and Rohit down at eight and open with I don't know who whoever it might be just open with DK for just for fun or you know it's, you can't do it in the you, people would be you know burning effigies and stuff in the streets if that happened with the men's team so that that's the kind of comparison I'm giving of course in the men's tournament it's a lot more even in terms of the teams and and who has a chance to win the tournament but India was still big favorites going into the men's Asia Cup and you know, it's it's the couple of matches basically through it for them. But if you look at it overall, they've they've still got the best side out of out of all the Asian men teams. So, are you, do you just get the other side of the point that yeah, it's, there's yeah. a time yeah. and place for this. This is a big tournament. It's not it's not a bilateral. So why not do it against England? They toured England. They they were in pressure situations there on occasion. Why not then do it? Is is that more important? It seems to me as though they're sort of saying that that bilateral series, three-match series, was more important. And even the ODIs, you could have done it there as well. It's still pressure, right? Different game, but yeah. still similar kind of pressure. So six matches to be able to do it in England. But then you decide to take that extremely seriously because it's England. And then you're almost disrespecting the rest of the Asian nations by saying... Well, this is just like, we're just going to experiment, you know, maybe when it comes to the semis and the final, we'll just play how we should be playing. But other than that, we'll just go with the flow and, and mix it up a bit. Do, do, do you get what I mean? That yeah, disrespect, yeah. perhaps? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but uh, I understand what you mean. But, uh, you know, the fact that India have... I'm talking from the long-term point of view. You know, yeah, you're talking about winning this Asia Cup and all that. But from what I, uh, I'm come like I'm talking about the more long-term point of view, where the main goal is for India to win a silverware, like in the world stage. India have already won six Asia Cups, but has that brought any change to how cricket is viewed in India or how the BCCI treat? Uh, women's cricket, I don't really think so. So, you know, um, yeah, they might win the Asia Cup and possibly if that match was a do or die, that wouldn't have happened. But, you know, the I think the main goal is that, you know, go and do well in the T20 World Cup next year or in the 50-over World Cup. And they're making the side for that because they know that that win is, that win will be more crucial for India than it will be be like you know winning this Asia Cup if you know what I mean you know like um, yeah okay this win will not really change a lot of things you know how BCCI or the fans treat women's cricket but possibly you know they've identified these weaklings that you know the middle order is the weak link and you know you have to possibly uh, give them more experience and throw them into more pressure situations so that the main goal, they've not yet won a silverware in any ICC event. So, you know, how they can bring that, how they can change that. 
and then the attitude and you know okay our women's ipl has been announced but that's such a you know just for the sake of it kind of an event that's been announced because there was a lot of pressure on them etc etc but you know that that win will change just the complexion of women's sport you know just reaching the final in 2017 they didn't even win it but it just changed the complexion of women's cricket so i think that's where what they're thinking of okay this asia cup win yeah i agree what you're saying that uh, if rohit sharma had done that he would have got a lot of criticism but again you can't really say that bangladesh women's team are at the same level as the bangladesh men's team so there is that sort of you know difference in competitiveness yeah. also so i i i get, I think, I get what you're yeah. saying and and look maybe all i'm saying is they they could have been more subtle about it yeah. rather than just making sweeping changes against pakistan in particular just like make the odd one like maybe push yeah. armand break down to number 5 and put somebody else ahead of her and you know there there are subtle ways to do these things right you don't want to go all out and drop shafali and then change your whole sort of numbers 2 to 2 to 6 uh, so dramatically in in an important match and, and you know with all those bragging rights at stake as well yeah. but look they're top of the table um they've they've done well in the last couple of matches performance wise in terms of you know i i say some of the players who have been given those opportunities but also one player who has been given so many opportunities and hasn't really delivered of late shafali verma finding a bit of form now okay against thailand chasing 38 uh she got out cheaply but other than that she's been in pretty decent form at a half century as well which is always good to see and she seems to be striking the ball well and and playing with a lot of confidence so that that surely is a great thing isn't it for for indian cricket yeah and also richa ghosh you know just how she's so good against spinners she's good against the uh, quicker bowlers also and i was just looking at some stats her overall strike rate is not that impressive uh, i think it's in the 120s which is decent for women cricketers but you know doesn't stand out but of seven um in seven of a 19 t20 innings she has a strike rate of more than 150 which is you know brilliant for men's cricket also and it's outstanding for anyone in women's cricket to have that kind of consistency and fearlessness especially the fact that you know she comes in she doesn't come at uh, at the top of the order unlike uh, shivali varma she bats at 6 7 even lower sometimes as she did against pakistan where she batted with a strike rate of 226 in 13 balls and yeah you were right she could have won india the match if she had batted uh, up the order so you know and it was just very surprising that she was not picked in the commonwealth games squad i think we spoke about this earlier where even mandana she uh like there was an incident where she told one of her 100 teammates that she was very surprised richa ghosh was not picked so i just hope that um, she is you know backed and shafali along with richa ghosh today mandana played her 100th match and they presented her that uh, you know that cap and the memento so it was very heartening to see you know these youngsters coming up and the team regarding them with so much respect yeah so and shafali as well yeah. we 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 forget don't we she's 18 years old 
18. She's already scored a thousand T20 international runs. And and that's, you know, the, the most that any teenager has got. The only teenager to have a thousand runs as a teenager in this form. So she's still smashing records, but we just forget she came in at the age of what, 15, 16. And, you know, we, we almost see her as, as one of the more experienced members of this side, but we've got to remember she's still developing as a person, as a cricketer. And, you know, it's not an easy time of life in, in general, really, when you're at that age. So, you know, you're maturing, you're becoming an adult. It's, it's a big, gear change in life in general and for her to be thrown in just like Sachin Tendulkar was thrown in at the age of 15 in first class and then 16 at international it's it's not always easy and, and you might have the odd blip um, but you know the talent is there and, and that is great to see as well what, what do you make of Megna then at the top of the order they've they've sort of experimented with this different uh, these different opening combinations at the top she's done okay as as a sort of backup reserve option to to open the batting if something else was to go wrong with Shafali or or Smithy, do you think she's she sort of cemented that spot as the the backup opener? I think she has done decent, but then India also have Gemma Rodriguez who can potentially open. So, uh, yeah, they would want to give her a longer rope. And she, yeah, she's been decent, nothing to complain about. Against New Zealand, we had seen, you know, how she could bat that more aggressively and go after the quicker bowlers in different conditions, like conditions in New Zealand were obviously very different. So she has a lot of talent. She's pretty young. And yeah, I just hope that at least India keep giving these consistent chances to players. Like before the series, we had spoken about Kiran Navgire. I am kind of disappointed that they've not, you know, given her a longer rope. And yeah, if if you wanted to rest Harman Preet, at least you could have, you know, just thrown Kiran Navgire up the order because we've seen what she can do in domestic and even in the women's T20 challenge. So I think that's been a little disappointing for me that they've not really stuck with her as much. Yeah, fair enough. But as we say, India, top of the group as things stand and through to the 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 semi-finals and then uh, we'll, we'll see how they go and uh, of course we'll react to anything that happens uh, over in the Asia Cup uh, in future episodes as well uh, we're going to take another short break here and on the back of that we'll discuss the men's ODI series against South Africa if you love the language of cricket and want more then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So, Sarah, I was at a wedding yesterday and all anyone wanted to talk to me about was was either Premier League football um, or, most people, it was an Indian wedding, the T20 World Cup, the, the, the fact that India were playing South Africa on the day of that wedding um, didn't make a difference to anybody. No one was interested. It's, for, for India, it's a very meaningless ODI series. For South Africa, they've got, what, 10 of their 15 T20 World Cup squad playing in this ODI series just days out 
from a T20 World Cup thousands of miles away in Australia. It's just weird, isn't it? It's it's really, really weird. And I don't know about you, but watch it after seeing so much T20 cricket and looking forward yeah. to the World Cup as well. Even the women have been playing a lot of T20 cricket. Watching ODIs is a bit like, you know, it puts you to sleep after a while, isn't it? That was very funny. Like uh, the first ODI uh, in Lucknow, so it was a 40 overs. And even Mulli Kartik, he was doing commentary. He So there was this whole thing with Sanju Samson and Avish Khan and the strike and all that. So uh, Mulli Kartik, I think it was in the last over where he said that if only Sanju had more strike in the 19th over. And then he corrected yes, himself yeah. and then he said, you know, it's a T20 syndrome. And he was not the only one. Like my Twitter feed was filled with people who were saying 19th over and then correcting it, saying, sorry, 39th and... Even in Joy Bhattacharya's, like, uh, someone replied to uh, to one of his tweets saying that, you know, in the 19th over something, and he corrected it by saying, you, you mean the 39th over. So, you know, it's just the T20I syndrome. And yeah, it's weird that uh, India, so like, you know, quality-wise, it's not quality-wise, but, you know, the regulars aren't there for India, but it's... Probably because ICC Super League points are at stake. That uh, that's that's it. Yeah. That is that is the thing. And South Africa desperately need those points yeah. because uh, they they've got a real chance of not qualifying for the World Cup as a result. So it's um, obviously India as hosts don't care even if they were to lose all their ODIs from now until the next World Cup. It doesn't matter. Um, although they've probably got enough points as it is, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. I mean, the, obviously the fact that India's best white ball players, supposedly, are, are all over in Australia and they're sort of posting selfies. They're, they're at the, I was going to say the Wacker, but the Optus Stadium. They're watching uh, India, uh, sorry, England take on Australia in one of those warm-up games that they're playing. And you know, a few of them were in the stadium. Uh, Ashwin posted a picture, I think it was, and, you know, I saw a picture today with Rohit and Rishab and Surya Kumar and I can't remember, there's a couple of other guys in some questionable gear that they're wearing. Um, <laughs> it was all very sort of throwback to the 90s, really baggy and sort of out there, sort of, uh, you know, I would say hip hop, but it wasn't kind of cool yeah. or trendy enough to be hip hop. It was more like white man's hip hop, like Vanilla Ice, kind of that that kind of vibe going on there. <laughs> I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying that Vanilla Ice uh, fans out there, but it was, it was that kind of vibe. So they're all doing that, you know, they're on holiday. They, they obviously played Western Australia, um, watched England play some of them as well. So, so they're having a very Harshad different Patel time of it. gave away 19 runs in the last over. So <laughs> against we'll Western talk, Australia. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. But yes, yeah. well, look, it's... I suppose what what do you read into into those games? But yeah, it's this the same old situation, isn't it? Who do you turn to in the death? And he is one of the options, and and he's not delivering. Um, so that that is a still a, a big area of concern, which we'll discuss more as as we sort of head into towards the days before India's first game at the T Twenty World Cup. Um, but back to the ODIs then. So it's it's one one. Um, look, it was it was a great chase from India in the second game. Shreyas Iyer. Once again, in the runs in ODI cricket, his run is phenomenal in ODI cricket. I mean, you know, what a player he is. 
looking ahead to that 2023 World Cup as well, coming in at number four or five and, and just doing what he does and just, just playing proper cricket and scoring a, a decent rate always, just looking so assured. It's it's almost like when you have one of the more senior players coming in, like a Kohli or a Rohit or these guys, Surya Kumar now as well, you, you kind of have that confidence in them. And it's the same with Shreyas Iyer. You just expect him to score runs, don't you? And, and I suppose he is one of the shining lights coming out of this series for India. And also, actually... Let me just, with that, you can't mention Shreyas and not men- mention uh, Sanju Sampson as well. I mean, the, the guy just never lets India down, does he? Yeah, he does. And then again, why isn't he in the T20 World Cup squad? Yeah. I saw a tweet, <laughs> uh, I think, uh, a few days ago from Ben Gardner. He's my colleague in Wisden. He said that pick Sanju Sampson as Jaspreet Bumrah's replacement, which wouldn't be, yeah, like, yeah, if do you? you I mean, it, a lot of people can, have said yeah. that. Do you have not Sanju necessarily, but do you have to pick an extra bowler? What do you have to pick a bowler to replace a bowler? You don't have to. You could go in a different combination. You could pick an extra batter because this is not the sub rule in cricket. Uh, like, well, while playing, like you need a like. You might as like, well just pack yeah. your side with eight batters, right? And and just try and you know, if you're bowling first, chase down whatever they post. 250 whatever if you you know give yourself the best yeah. chance and if you're batting first then again same thing just make sure you score well over 200 um with that strong batting lineup and then you know it's almost like the india under ganguly in odi cricket when he sort of first took up the captaincy his first two or three years of it and they they usually had like one or two decent bowlers at any time available to them <laughs> and the rest of it was just like yeah we'll we'll you know, wicket keep with Dravid, we'll back Mohamed Kaif down at number seven. And then even at number eight, sometimes they used to pick an all-rounder. So, you know, Robin Singh, even just before sort of Kaif and Yuvraj came in, used to come in at seven, eight, and, you know, wasn't the greatest bowler, but, you know, quite a decent bat coming in at, at those late stages. So it, it is a way to go. It is a way to go. But even regardless of replacing Bumrah, is he good enough to just be a part of that side anyway, Sanju Sampson? Yeah, this is a different format, but he's done it in T20s and he seems to have matured so much in the last two years. Yeah, and yeah, he should have. Obviously, we've spoken about this. We had a whole episode on him and Prithvi Shaw. Why aren't they, why aren't they there? So again, it's the same old debate that they should be there, but no one is going to listen to us. The only uh, slight issue that I have, like, very small uh, thing which I picked up was, you know, somehow his lack of game awareness in the first uh, ODI uh, when India needed, they could have easily won the match, but Avish Khan was on strike and Ravi Bishnoi hogged the strike. And then, you know, all the bowlers, they just take, kept taking on the strike when, you know, just there was this time when Avish Khan ran a two. When, why did he run a two? He's not a batter. Sanjay Samson could have just said, you know, just take a single and I'll, you know, finish off the game. And he almost took India close. He later on, he said that it was just two shots for me. They fell short by nine runs. So, you know, if they he would have won that game, he could have left a bigger mark with that win that, you know, he is here. He knows how to bat with the tail enders and he knows how to 
just finish off games also something which the Kohli's and the Dhonis they mastered so that's the only like thing that stuck out for me in this series as for Shreya Sayar do you think that there is a place for him when the regulars return also in the ODI side because KL Rahul can possibly play at four or five and yeah Surya Kumar is yeah, there hundred. he has to he has to be in that side there's no way uh, you Probably going to open with KL and, and Rohit. I think Thawan, That's probably the way. I'm talking about ODIs. Yeah, but I think yeah, Dhawan will be you, there. Because now... They, you know, obviously, the only yeah. reason that Dhawan is is still even a part of any setup is because, yeah, they are looking ahead to the 2023 World Cup. But no, you've got to... I don't, I don't know. The partnership has been so successful between himself and Rohit. But his strike rate is just... Yeah. For the team combination, I just think it's a better it's it's a better fit if because they're going to play Rahul no matter what in the side and to have him in at number four, I I just think Shreyas is a much better option and then you've got Surakumar Yadav to fit in there as well at probably five. Bunt I think will play ODIs at least. Hardik. Bunt maybe coming at Bunt yeah. and yeah, but then you Bunt Jadeja. and Hardik might come in <laughs> six seven. Jadeja maybe eight. You know, it's, yeah. th- there's there's a lot of players to fit in. I just love the way Shreyas Iyer is playing and, and he's a man in such sublime form and he's not playing here against South Africa's B side. This is a very, very strong South Africa bowling attack. The whole side is very strong, as we mentioned. You know, it's, it's basically um, almost their, their T20 World Cup squad who's playing in this ODI series, bar a couple. So... He's done it. He's done it against the best in the world. He's been consistent. He's maybe dropped KL then. If if you're going to play Shikadoan, he's not guaranteed. You know, shouldn't be guaranteed a place in the side. It's just their thinking, isn't it? The selectors that they think KL Rahul should be playing all three forms of cricket, and he's the next big thing. But you know, the years keep ticking by, the months keep ticking by, and yeah, just Joe Root and Kale Rahul are of the same under nineteen batch. Yeah, and exactly, and, and you're still waiting for him. Exactly, to... we keep we've seen yeah. those similarities, those comparisons on social media, the graphics as to you know the the age between the two and and the stats basically, and and we're still waiting for Kale Rahul to really take the world and and be this sort of world class player. He's shown glimpses of it in T20 cricket. He's got back his form, which we're grateful for. In ODI cricket, he's not really done it as consistently and he's not a nailed down figure in that side. So yeah, maybe drop him, put Shikha at the top with Rohit, Kohli three, and then uh, you could have Shreya Sire coming in at four or, or you know mix it up, obviously. Just have him in that middle order, but sometimes depending on the situation, you might mix it up and put Rishabh Bant up or whatever. Um, but he's got to be in that starting eleven. Um, but look, it's it's good signs, isn't it? Once again, that India have got that strength in depth, the men's team, that they can. All right, they might not win every tournament in the world with three teams, but <laughs> like Hardik famously said, but it's almost there. They're they're this. They've got the strongest bench strength in the world, haven't they? They're the only team that consistently plays these limited overs series with B teams. Nobody else yeah, seems to do it. Just a random observation. We were talking about India's potential lineup and we didn't even mention Prithvi Shaw or Sanju Samson there. So that shows well, that, how yeah, well, that's, strong the lineup yeah, is. Yeah. But that's based yeah. on what they say. And then look, just yeah. a quick one before we end. You mentioned Prithvi Shaw earlier and just now as well. We did the entire episode on him and I got a, a direct message from somebody called The Statsman. 
who it was an Instagram yeah, DM. Yeah, even I and got a message from I, him. I just, yeah. I just checked it, actually. It's, it's, it's about a week old. Um, so apologies, Statsman. Um, so he was interested in that and then talked about his vulnerability against offspin, random offspinners like the Nabbies of this world and, and the Glenn Maxwell, you know, not frontline offspinners. Um, so interesting observation. So thank you for getting in touch uh, regarding that. But yeah, pretty sure, obviously, look, if it was us, he'd be more in the mix probably. Um, but we're just talking, I suppose, based on what the selectors have done in recent times. But yeah, great strength in depth and uh, long may it continue. And uh, yeah, although And it's I a, hope that strength translates to World Cup wins. Of it's course, no use having strength and then, yeah, just being a bilateral winning team, not a championship winning team. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a good feeling about the 2023 World Cup. Um, I, I won't give all, all my predictions at the moment. Uh, there's plenty of time for that. But um, listen, it's it's uh, it's about all we've got time for on this week's uh, on the, on today's episode. Rather, we'll be back later in the week, of course, uh, discussing uh, more from the world of Indian cricket. But thanks for joining us. Remember to rate and subscribe to either the podcast, the YouTube feed, or download the 99.94 app, and uh, just get in touch with us on social media if there's uh, anything else. Uh, that you'd like us to talk about, anything that you liked that we've done. Thanks for all the comments, by the way, on Twitter about the Julan Goswami episode, which which seemed to have gone down well, Sarah, didn't it? And yeah. no surprise, it kind of just I takes care of itself, see, talking yeah. about a, a bona fide legend, right? Yeah, we talk about women's cricket and it not being, you know, hyped as much and all, but yeah, every most of, Whoever listened to the Julan episode liked it. So, yeah, thanks for that. Yep, thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, as I say, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening and join us next time. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers. Every episode of Double Down with Breslow is packed with insider tips, deeply skilled analysis, and in-depth discussions. Don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting. Listen to Double Down with Breslow on the Evergreen Podcast Network or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Double Down with Breslow, the business of sports betting podcast.